course today, <clears throat> and um, I don't have a sore throat. It's just it doesn't seem to want to work today very well. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about that though, and we won't we won't be here that long today. Um, I feel fine, but I probably sound like uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Right? <laughs> but <clears throat> you know. Uh, if a Christian is sick, it doesn't disprove the doctrine that God wants us to be healed any more than if a Christian sins, it disproves the doctrine that God wants us to live sin-free. And so, you know, uh, anything I'm dealing with physically doesn't prove or disprove the Word of God. The Word of God is what proves the Word of God. And so, I'm fine. I'll be better if if you come back here. And watch us again. I'll be perfectly restored and healed. Amen. Amen. And so, I'm not in any pain or discomfort. It just, it's just not working very well today. So it worked pretty good this morning, though. We had a good message this morning. So, um, like I said, we won't be here that long today. Uh, I don't want to make you have to suffer through listening to me go through puberty uh, uh, today. So, all is well. Amen. Uh, And so. we, we were picking up uh, about, uh, he was going through four witnesses that the Lord still wants to heal today. And, um, you know, he does, amen? amen? He hasn't changed his desire, amen? amen. And so, uh, let's, turn, let's turn our Bibles to um, Romans chapter 15. Last time we were here, we talked about Peter uh, being used of the Lord to heal. And so, he's going to continuing in that area. And talking about uh, Paul now. And, and so Paul is witnessing or giving us a testimony of what the Lord had done through him. Here in Romans chapter 15, it says in verse 18, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Elycrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And so the Lord did do mighty signs and wonders uh, through Paul. Uh, and if Jesus uh, uh, is the one who did the miracles through the power of the Spirit, then Paul is doing the miracles by the, also by the power of the Spirit. Yes. Uh, and so he does mention... Acts chapter 16. So let's turn back to Acts chapter 16. And I'm not sure why Dr. McCrossan used this particular example about Paul and the ministry of healing because it says in verse 18 about the the woman uh, who had the spirit of divination. It says in verse 18, and this did she many days. So she was uh, preaching after Paul and, and Silas and testifying about them, but who wants the devil testifying on their behalf? And so it says, in this she did many days, but Paul, being grieved and turned, said in the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And of course the spirit of God came, their spirit, the demonic spirit came out of her that very same hour. Uh, But that's really a deliverance. She wasn't really sick physically, but she was sick spiritually. And so although it's true, you know, there are other examples of Paul 
And I thought we would just go through some of the examples. Paul, back in Acts chapter 14, let's go back there. And, and let's start in verse 8. Let's start in verse 8. It says, And there was a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. So he was a grown man, uh, and he had never walked. Uh, and his, whatever his problem was in his legs, there was something in his feet. And it said, the man, same man heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said, so Paul is the one who beheld the man and also perceived that he had faith. And so your faith can be perceived by others. Yes. Amen. Yes. And so Paul said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy, thy feet. And he leaped and walked. Uh, and so... That was definitely a, an example of healing, amen? Uh, and really, it borders on miracles as well. Uh, turn over to Acts chapter 19. And let's start in verse 11. And it says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. And if you look up that word where it says special miracles, it's about different miracles, extraordinary miracles, uh, miracles above and beyond uh, ordinary miracles. And I don't even know what that looks like because, I mean, miracles by themselves are extraordinary. So these are extraordinary, extraordinary miracles. Uh, and it says, So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs, handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So, this is where we get the idea of prayer cloths, right? We have prayer cloths up here. We could pray for those prayer cloths. So they touch our physical bodies and they can be taken and delivered to a person at some distance away. Uh, and, and how does that work? Well, it's the Spirit of God in you that is somehow imparted into that material and is carried away to somebody who needs the power of God in their life. Uh, and we saw with Jesus, he didn't always have to be present to uh, create a miracle. He did that with the uh, centurion's servant and just spoke the word, and that was sufficient to get the job done. Here, Paul uh, placed his hands on the material. Was, was it magic material? Was it unusual material? No, it says it was just handkerchiefs or aprons, so common materials. Uh, and, of course, back then, all materials were made from uh, natural fibers, right? Wool and, and cotton, those types of things. Uh, and so uh, I, I haven't done any studies on myself, but people who have, so they seem to find that, that natural materials like cotton and wool uh, work, whereas man-made materials like rayon, rayon and, and nylon don't seem to work very well. In, in this uh, process here. Uh, and so that spirit of God goes in those materials. It's not magic. It's not some other uh, way of healing. It's the same power of God that can be put into a material and carried off at a distance that will heal somebody as if you laid hands on them in your presence and prayed for them. So it's not, it's not some separate method of healing. It's always the same method of healing. It's always the power of God in you is transferred into somebody else. Uh, and it doesn't matter if they're a Christian or not. 
uh, it's the power of God, or really it's the essence of God, the life of God in you is transferred into their physical body to dispel the death of that sickness. And life always dispels death. And so if you can look at it from that standpoint, it, it makes sense because all you're doing is taking from the spirit of you uh, and placing it into this, into this material and having it delivered at a distance. And so your faith is in the power of God in that material. It's not in the material. It's not in the material being delivered. It's in the power of God. So it's always in the power of God. Uh, and so uh, Paul healed that way. We don't know how often it happened, but we know, we know it happens. And so turn over to chapter 20. And let's start here in verse 7. And it says, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Uh, and one thing that Brother Randy tells us that he learned from Brother Hagen is, uh, Brother Hagen told him is that people can only receive as long as the seat can endure. Uh, and so if you preach a long time, you know, they not, may not be able to receive uh, that much. Uh, and so uh, this particular person, it says in verse 8, and there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. So what produced the light for them in the upper chamber? What, what did they use to make light back then? Candles, oil lamps, right? Some, something that was burning, right? If it was a flame, then what's that going to do to the temperature in the room? It's going to increase the temperature and get really warm. And if you're really, if you're really warm in a room, you tend to get uh, a little bit sleepy. Uh, and so and that's what happens here. And, and, you know, of course, at Brother Randy's meetings, they keep it about 32 degrees above zero. Uh, and so you're never sleepy in Brother Randy's meetings. And so <laughs> they just like it cold, you know. And uh, we threaten to bring a barrel and light it on fire, you know, that generate some heat there. Uh, but, uh, you know, this warm setting caused this, this boy here, it says, and there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen in a deep sleep. You know, that really, uh, that really encourages you as a minister when people fall into a deep sleep, right? I mean, it's tough when people do doze off, but when they curl up, you know, and uh, get a pillow and a blanket, it's tough, right? It's tough to keep preaching. Paul powered through, though. So he's a deep sleep, snoring, probably drooling a little bit. And, um, and as Paul was long preaching, he, sank, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third story, the third loft, and was taken up dead. You know, that really, uh, I mean, you just, you just killed them with your, with your preaching, right? So, uh, being facetious there, but, uh, you know, Paul just uh, preached him dead, didn't he? Uh, at least this one fellow here. But Paul went down and fell on him, and embracing him, said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. Uh, and so, Paul fell on him. Well, what did he do? Well, Paul knew that the power of God, the life of God was in him, and he transferred that life in him into this uh, dead boy's body, uh, and it caused him to come back to life. So uh, there, there's two things going on there. There's the, the uh, ministry of healing, because what caused him to die? Uh, it wasn't the preaching. It wasn't the falling. 
you know, I mean, when he fell out of the window, when he got down to the first floor, he could have said, well, so far so good, right? He got to the second floor, so far so good. When he finally landed from the third floor, uh, the things, bad things happened. Uh, and so he might have broken something, right? Could have pierced a lung or his heart, you know, who knows how he died. But the falling itself, landing on, on the surface is what caused him to die. So not only did he have to have uh, special miracles to bring him back to life, uh, but also healing to fix whatever broke uh, when he landed. Amen? So uh, there was the ministry of healing then. And then we come to uh, Acts 28. Turn over there. So Acts 28, Paul is a prisoner on the ship on his way to Rome. They stop at the island of Malta in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, and uh, let's start here. We already know the, the story of Paul being bitten by a serpent uh, without uh, consequence. And, uh, and it says in uh, verse 7, in the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Uh, and so this was the father of the man who was hosting Paul uh, and the others there on the island. And, you know, we see that with Jesus, that when people, remember he did that with Peter's mother-in-law? So people that, that are kind to you and help you, oftentimes God will bless them and their family because of that. So this man was being a blessing to Paul. So the Lord was a blessing to the man uh, directly or indirectly by healing his father, just like uh, Peter hosting Jesus. And Jesus was kind enough uh, to be a blessing back to Peter by healing his mother-in-law. Uh, and so because this occurred in verse 8, it says, and it came to pass uh, that the, uh, well, we said verse 8, verse 9, so when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. So we see that, you know, a revival kind of, kind of uh, went through this island. And of course, the Roman soldiers are here watching all this, right? They're seeing all this being done. And at least they were smart enough not to constrain Paul because they allowed Paul to go to this man's house. They allowed Paul to preach they allowed Paul to, to pray for this man. They allowed Paul to pray for all the other people on the island. And so at least they allowed him to do that. Amen. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, if the Spirit of God healed people through Jesus and the Spirit of God healed people through Peter and the Spirit of God uh, healed people through Paul, then uh, he's still going to heal through us today. You know, the, the people who don't believe in healing will tell you that uh, healing was only necessary to establish the church. Uh, and they just make that doctrine up. It doesn't make any sense because uh, doesn't the church need to be established where there's no church? Uh, if you go to a city with no good uh, church, wouldn't God want to establish a church there? You go to a country where there's no church, wouldn't God want to establish a church there? And what do they even mean by, this, by establishing the church? 
They just mean to get it started or they mean to have it mature. Uh, you know, I don't really understand that, that uh, doctrine anyway. Uh, it, it's just really uh, an attempt to do away with the doctrine of healing. Uh, and because if you understand how healing was occurring, it's by the Spirit of God through the hands of a person. Well, isn't the Spirit of God in us today? Don't we have a hand today? So why would, why would the Spirit of God stop that if he started it uh, after Jesus' ministry? You know, he, didn't, he continued it after the ministry of Jesus if it's only to establish a church. The church was essentially established in Acts chapter 2. Why was there healing continued after that? Even in the church, right? Because uh, we read that. Uh, you can go back to uh, Acts chapter uh, 4 there. <clears throat> So the church started in Acts chapter 1, and, and then, or Acts chapter 2, and then Peter and John healed the man in Acts chapter 3, uh, and then uh, Peter and John get put into custody in Acts chapter 4, then uh, they pray, uh, and it says uh, in verse 29, and now Lord, behold, they're threatening, so who's threatening them? The leadership of the, the Jewish nation was threatening them. And he said, grant thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Well, don't we need the boldness to speak the word of God today? Does the word of God, has the word of God come to an end today? Has the need to speak the word of God boldly come to an end today? No, we still, more than ever, we need to speak the word of God boldly in the church today. Well, how did they ask the Lord to do that? They said, by stretching forth thine hand to heal. So what's that got to do with speaking the word boldly? Well, the word of God that you speak boldly is the gospel. Yes. The good news that God loves you. He wants to save you and to heal your body. And we're going to speak that word boldly, just like it was spoken boldly then. By stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God boldly. Uh, now, they spake the word of God boldly because that's what they prayed, amen? And just real quick, we see the results of this prayer. It says in verse 33, and with great power, that word power there, is dunamis, supernatural miracle work and power of God, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So, uh, if, if that's the case then, then um, if they were giving witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus by uh, seeing great signs and wonders, and healing would be part of the great signs and wonders, then aren't we supposed to give witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus today? Yes. Don't we celebrate Easter every single year to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus? Aren't we supposed to bear witness with that resurrection today like they bore witness with the resurrection then? So, it, you know, that whole, that whole concept where they say that, that healing ended at the last apostle, it, it just doesn't make any sense. To, to what end would the Lord... Uh, stop healing. Uh, there still needs to be resurrection, witness of the resurrection today. There still needs to be speaking of the word boldly today. Uh, 
there still needs to be the power of God in us today. There still needs to be in us the, the, the uh, Holy Spirit in us today. Every valid Christian will tell you that, that we all have the Holy Ghost. Everyone, of Baptists and Methodists, that we all have the Holy Ghost. Now, they don't understand the fullness of the Holy Ghost like we do, but uh, it's the same Holy Ghost. If they've got the same Holy Ghost in them today that the apostles had in the book of Acts, then that same Holy Spirit would produce healing today as he did in the book of Acts. Because life, he is life, right? Uh, he, uh, uh, in him was life. Uh, and, uh, and the life was the light of God. Uh, or in him was light, and the, and the light was the life of God. Uh, and so uh, if he is the very life, then that life in you can be transferred to other people to affect a healing and a cure. So nothing's changed, and yet it just seems as though uh, that uh, people just want to believe that God doesn't heal. Uh, and they have made a decision. And again, they will look at circumstances like the the circumstance that I'm dealing with today with my throat, that that bears witness that God doesn't heal. But that doesn't make any sense because they're saying that that evidence of lack of healing, and, and, and I don't have lack of healing, I, I, I am healed, but they will tell you that it's evidence of lack of healing uh, shows you that the word of God has changed. Uh, well, that doesn't, just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and so back to Acts chapter 4 then, at the end, at verse 29, the, the prayer that we prayed, uh, he says that uh, T.J. McCrossin, Dr. McCrossin, translated these verses himself uh, because he's trying to bring out the right context of the verb here in verse 30. Uh, because remember, before he, he was saying, it's really, it's actually Jesus in you doing the healing by the power of the Holy Spirit, Right? Because he said, through, uh, through his name, by faith in his name, or his name through faith in his name, has made this man whole. Uh, so uh, we are representing Jesus, but we're really the carriers of Jesus. So it's still Jesus working through us. Uh, he says, in his translation of verse 30 of Acts chapter 4, verse 30 says, By thyself stretching forth thine hand, stretching forth the hand of thyself, for physical healing. Because if you look at the King James, it says, by stretching forth thy hand to heal. So when we go pray for somebody, it's the hand of Jesus that's healing. Is that what, he, is that what the prayer was? Right? By stretching forth thy hand. So he didn't, they didn't pray, Lord, let us stretch forth our hands to heal. He said, you, Lord, you stretch your hand to heal. Uh, and so that's why he translates verse 30 by stretching forth uh, the hand of thyself for physical healing. And so he's trying to bring out the point that it's still Jesus doing the healing. So when you pray for somebody, you've got to have uh, an awareness of your own spirit, man, that it's Jesus reaching out from heaven through you, but it's still Jesus himself doing the healing because uh, that's what they prayed, that, he would, you, that the Lord would stretch forth his hand to heal. And so, uh, uh, we, we in the church that believe in healing, uh, we, need to, we need to get this concept settled in our hearts that it's not me healing anybody, uh, it's the Lord healing through me. Uh, and so, um, 
you know, when you, go, when you go get a glass of water, you know, I've got a glass of water here, and today I'm very thankful for this glass of water. But do I brag on this glass? Oh, this is such a wonderful glass. This is an amazing glass. Look at this cup, how awesome it is. It's round. You can see through it. I don't even give a second thought to it, do I? I'm thankful that it's there, and it's a vessel, and it assists me, but my, my desire is only for the, what it contains. And the world, uh, they have no care for you, but they do desire what's in you. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, let's look at one more verse here. Turn over to uh, Romans chapter 11, or Romans chapter 8. If you go back and listen to this morning's service, you'll know why I'm, I'm more hoarse today than I was this morning. Amen? It's a good message. Uh, and so, he says here in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. So what spirit raised up Jesus from the dead? It was the Holy Spirit. You think about that. Where was Jesus uh, right after he died on the cross spiritually? He was physically in hell, spiritually in hell, right? So Jesus did not resurrect himself. It says the Spirit of God resurrected him. So can you imagine? I mean, it's bad enough. Jesus is in hell, and, they're, and no doubt they're torturing him, uh, and he was tormented because Acts chapter 1 says that he was tormented, uh, being tormented for three days, and then the Spirit of God shows up. Uh, he's also called the glory of God. Uh, you know, in hell, it's darkness and torment. All of a sudden, the, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of glory, shows up in hell. I've come to retrieve Jesus. That would mess up their entire day, wouldn't it? Uh, and so, it's the same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead. It says, if it dwells in you. So the same power that was necessary to resurrect Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. That word quicken there means to make alive your mortal bodies. Amen? Uh, by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. So this is for your personal benefit, but it's of great value. Um, it will make your, your natural body alive. In other words, it will dispel death in your body. Does that mean we get to live forever? There's no promise in God that we will physically live forever. We will live forever spiritually. Of course, every human being will live forever spiritually. It's just what's your destination? Amen? The churches will live spiritually forever in the presence of God. And those outside the church will live forever spiritually in the region of the damned. Uh, and so... This, we, we have the same spirit that dwells in us. The this, this spirit raised Christ from the dead. That same spirit did all the miracles that Jesus did. Uh, and that same spirit did all the miracles that Peter did. That same spirit that lives in you did all the same miracles that Paul did. So Jesus, Peter, and Paul, uh, we see in the course of many others, but those three uh, did great signs and wonders and miracles of healing uh, on the earth by the same spirit that lives in you. 
So there's no reason why we can't expect that same spirit of God in us today to do these same miracles. Amen? Amen. And so uh, it's not limited to ministers. It, it's limited to the church. To, it's limited to the carriers of the spirit of God. Uh, and so we'll finish up uh, there for today. We'll, we'll just close up uh, and uh, we'll come back here next week. Uh, it, but he's continuing on about, uh, about the witnesses of the word of God, about healing. And so healing has not come to an end today because it's done by the same spirit that still dwells in the earth today. Uh, and there's no reason to, to say that the spirit of God and his ministry is less today than it was on the earth when Jesus had the spirit of God. It is not any less today on the earth than when the Spirit of God was in the, the church at, at Jerusalem or the church in the book of Acts. It's the same Spirit of God, amen? Uh, and and if, he, if that same Spirit could raise Jesus from the dead, then why would we limit him to only uh, the removal of sin in the Christian's life today and not allow him to do the same ministry in the church today that he did in the church when it first started. Uh, and so uh, we'll continue on there. We'll look at some things that he said about uh, some other commentators. But we'll pick that up uh, next week, amen? So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we do thank you for your word. And we thank you, Father, that it's the same spirit that dwells in us today that dwelt in all the great ministers that we read about in your word. And if the same spirit that dwelt in them committed miracles and completed miracles, and Father, the same Spirit will do miracles through us today. We choose to believe that, Father. We thank you that it's so. We thank you, Father, that we have the right and the privilege to do that, to be a blessing to the world and to be a blessing to your people. And so we thank you for that, Father. And we give you all praise and honor for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. I mean, that was a short message, but still, it's good. Amen. Uh, so... Uh, the Spirit of God is the source of all power. Amen. Amen. And he's not diminished at all. And so praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive uh, this uh, afternoon's offering. And uh, we're only about three quarters of the way our normal time. So if you only want to give three quarters of the gift today, that's fine, right? And so. <clears throat> but actually, if you were to give what these messages were worth, what they valued at, how much would you pay for that? Amen? Uh, and so uh, people don't think twice about paying a $100,000 bill through their insurance at, for uh, surgery, uh, but they would balk if we charged them what the value of the gospel was. Amen? That's why it has to be free, because you couldn't afford it anyway, right? So it's got to be free. Uh, so come in, Mr. Dear, to receive the offering. And uh, we'll be back all better on Wednesday, so no problem. All is well. Amen? Uh, and so uh, this Friday, we'll have uh, ladies fellowship here at the church at 6 o'clock. And um, I think that's the only announcement that's uh, valid right now. So, well, I appreciate you coming out uh, anyway. The Lord is good. Uh, amen. amen. And all is well. And, uh, you know, just to let you know, I'm not going to power through uh, this difficulty in my voice. I'm going to believe God and overcome it. Amen. And so all is well. We don't just power through and tough it out. We believe God every step of the way and won't quit. Amen. Uh, and so uh, you be blessed. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Wednesday.